When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, ready to talk Green Bay and Washington. Packers and Commanders will kick off at FedEx Field on Sunday, noon Central, 1 o'clock Eastern, for those of us who will be out there. And when you talk about this Washington team, Wes, it starts with that defensive front because (laughs) Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, that's quite the group, and uh, Chase Young, who's probably the best and the highest of the high draft picks in that group, hasn't even rejoined it yet. Um, this Washington defensive front is really uh, the crux of the team. It is one of the most impressive units I think I've seen in terms of how they've built up you know, the defensive side of the ball. Certainly offensively, there's been a lot to be desired there, especially with their production earlier this season. But defensively, uh, we've seen it time and time again during this Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne era. Uh, They can win up front. They can push the line of scrimmage. And going back to one of the biggest old adages of all, Mike, if you don't give up points, if you don't give up yards, your team is going to be in the football game. In the Washington football team, that is now the commanders, I should say, uh, when they've been successful under Ron Rivera here the last three years, it's been when they've been able to win tight and hotly contested games. And Every single time, you know, with that defensive front on the field, it gives their team a chance. Yeah, and last Thursday was certainly one of those for Washington. It was uh, sort of the typical, what's been the typical ugly Thursday night football game here in the NFL in 2022. But Washington was able to hold the Bears to seven points, hold them off on the last play of the game as the Bears completed a pass but came up just inches shy of the goal line, and Washington gets a 12-7 victory to snap a four-game losing streak. The Commanders had won their season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars, then lost four in a row, now got a win over the Bears, sitting at two and four. And with this this defensive front, five different guys have at least three sacks on this Washington defense so far this year. And when you're looking at the Packers, the performance the offensive line is coming off of last week and some potential changes. We'll see what happens with regard to the offensive line if uh, some guys are going to be moving around, shuffling uh, to some different spots, whatever the case might be. The, uh, the, the key to victory almost screams at you, right, that, this, that it's, it's this Packers offensive line in whatever transition or flux that it's in 
against the absolute strength of the opponent in Washington, that defensive front. That's where this game is going to be won or lost. Yeah, the Packers have actually played Washington, it feels like, quite a few times the past few seasons. And, you know, we don't need to go into chapter and verse again about what kind of player Jonathan Allen is. But I'm going to throw these stats at you, Mike. I mean, this is for a defensive tackle in this league. Uh, just quite remarkable. 24 combined tackles, seven quarterback hits, three and a half sacks, six uh, I should say six quarterback kicks, second, seven tackles for a loss, three passes defensed, a forced fumble, and an interception this season. <laughs> I haven't seen the film of the interception, but that's a big man picking off passes. And and that's just the beginning. Even a guy like James Smith-Williams, a former seventh-round pick, who's kind of been the guy that's had to go into the lineup now without Chase Young, he has two sacks this season. I mean – it's a culture that they developed on that side of the ball, and it's going to be something that Green Bay is really going to have to contest with because, as we've talked about, Mike, I don't care what shape the offensive line looks like. We know you're going to have David Bakhtiari at left tackle. You know it's going to be Josh Myers at center. The rest is left to be seen. Yeah, TBD. But the communication of this thing is going to be so important because the Washington commanders are going to look at that film last week, the issues that Green Bay had picking up the stunts, being able to you know get some penetration on Aaron Rodgers they're going to take some cues from that as they dial up their schemes for this week. And I expect a very multiple, varied pass rush against Green Bay, in addition to the fact that when you have that much, that, that much beef on the offensive or defensive line, it's not the easiest group to run against either. Yeah. So it, it, momentum, rhythm, tempo is going to be so critical for Green Bay in this game. And as Aaron Rodgers said when he talked to the media on Wednesday – when the ball, he doesn't care about what happens with the offensive line. When the ball comes out of his hands quicker, that's when the offense is in its most best rhythm. And ultimately, I think that's going to be their best key to victory in this game is being able to get the ball out quickly and run and take advantage of the opportunities that the, that the commanders give you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, and you mentioned it earlier. On the offensive side of the ball, Washington has had its struggles. Carson Wentz has been the quarterback. He now has a fractured finger and is going to be out for several weeks. So Taylor Heineke is stepping in. Heineke ended up starting the bulk of the games for Washington last year due to uh, the quarterback situ- the quarterback injury situation. He won seven games last year. He played in the game at Lambeau Field here, which the Packers won, but obviously what stood out from that game 
His Taylor Heineke was the game's leading rusher with 95 yards. The Packers did not handle his, uh, his scrambling ability very well. So that's something the Packers will need to be on alert for. But here's, here are some statistics to ponder going into this. One, Washington has not run the ball very well this year at all. 95 yards per game on the ground through six games. Not very impressive there. But Terry McLaurin is a legitimate threat at wide receiver at any time. He had 122 yards, including a 40-yard touchdown against the Packers at Lambeau last season. He is averaging 16.7 yards per catch this year. He is their big play guy. Um, and that is the guy that Taylor Heineke is looking for. What may be a little different with Heineke as opposed to Wentz at quarterback is Heineke might be looking for him when he gets out of the pocket and the scrambles, the extended plays, the busted plays, whatever you want to call it. McLaurin is going to be the guy he's watching for. But on balance, this Washington offense has struggled the most early in games. Washington has been outscored 75-34 to 34 in the first half of games. Now that in some senses bodes well for the Packers because defensively the Packers have been better early in games than later in games recently. Obviously Green Bay is trying to put together that uh, that more complete game defensively, but this is an opportunity for the Packers defense to once again start fast and if the offense can get some things going, you can potentially take control of this game, which is which is what was happening to Washington during its four-game losing streak. Yeah, and, and to, to kind of go off that point, too, I mean, Washington also is outscoring its opponents 68-60 to 60 in the second half. So being able to establish some momentum early is going to be critical, being able to get production. Yeah, they've scored twice as many points in the second half as they have in the first half through the first six games of the year. And the thing about McLaurin that is going to be most fascinating for me, again, Matt LaFleur was not biting on the – hey, is Taylor Heineke actually a a worse matchup than Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz and McLaurin had had a hard time kind of finding their rhythm early this season. McLaurin, as you said, 16.7 yards per catch, but he only has 22 on the catches on the season so far. McLaurin was the go-to target for Heineke last season. He was one of the reasons why that McLaurin kind of broke onto the national scale was the, you know, kind of the synergy and the chemistry that they have together. They do have weapons though. As you mentioned, McLaurin can hurt you. Curtis Samuel has had a renaissance this season in this offense as a kind of a gadget player, being able to use them in a multitude of different ways. He's a guy that coming out, I was incredibly high on when he started his career, I think in Carolina. Brian Robinson returned last week during that Thursday night football game. Obviously, if you know the story with him, was shot before the season, ends up having to miss the first month of the year, and now he's back. And this was a guy that I think a lot of people expected to really usurp Antonio Gibson as the premier back, the the primary back in this offense this season. A slower start for him. I think it was only like three and a butt. What was it, 3.2 yards per carry? wasn't like he, he torched the world there on the first game back, but he's a guy that Washington felt really good about uh, before that incident going into the season. There are guys that they're going to be able to move the football with. The key, as Kenny Clark talked about in a lot of these players on the Packers defense, is being smart with how you approach Heineke. He's a guy that if you keep him in the pocket, you're going to have a good chance to be able to stop him. If you are getting undisciplined in your rush lanes, yeah. that's where he's going to hurt you, not only because he can look downfield, but if he needs to, he will pull the ball down and tuck it himself. I thought it was very interesting, Mike, 
313 rushing yards last year for him, 95 of them in that game against Green Bay. That was 30% in 16 games, 15 starts. 30% of his rushing yards for the entire season came against Green Bay. It just shows you that he is a gamer. I said that last season. Taylor Heineke might not be the type of quarterback that a team is going to ride as their starter, not going to have any competition during training camp. But he is the quintessential NFL number two reliable, I will win you a football game backup quarterback. And that's what Washington needs right now. Ron Rivera's won 16 games as the commander's head coach. Seven of them have come when Heineke is his starting quarterback. Yeah, and if you want to know how much of a gamer Heineke is, all you have to do is think back to two years ago when he had taken over at quarterback late in the season and Washington was playing in the wild card round against Tampa Bay the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was Taylor Heineke against Tom Brady in the wildcard round, and that was a two-point game after three quarters. It was a five-point game with five minutes to go. Taylor Heineke gave Washington a heck of a chance to pull that upset there against Tampa Bay when nobody was giving them a, a chance to knock off the Buccaneers in that game. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From a keys to victory standpoint, we already mentioned, obviously, the Packers offensive line against this defensive front of Washington. I'm also wondering, based on what we saw last week, where Jair Alexander pretty much took Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver from Ohio State, out of the game for the Jets. Only one catch for eight yards, and it was not against Alexander. I wonder how much we're going to see Alexander against McLaurin. Do you think the Packers match him up? against that guy just because and to take nothing away from Curtis Samuel but when you look at when you look at the statistics and the the big play possibility McLaurin is the guy who can really hurt you and Samuel's not a guy you can match anyway because he's going to move around in so many yeah. different areas and he's and he's going to he's going to play behind the line of yes. scrimmage a lot as well yeah so yeah. I mean he's he's just going to be a problem that the defense as a whole all 11 guys all you know six seven eight guys in the secondary are going to have to make sure they know where he's at I think this game, Mike, maybe more than any other game this season, makes the most sense to have Jair Alexander plastering him. Yeah. Because not only is he your, your best option in press man coverage, he's the guy that can run with him the longest. And you know, Mike, when we talk about it all the time with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, third downs, who's he looking to? Randall Cobb, a scramble drill. What's he looking for? Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard. That's, that's, that's McLaurin in this offense, especially yep. with Heineke as the starting quarterback right now. Yep. My biggest thing for this game, Mike, again, I will never, ever, 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 ever say a game is a must win in October. I don't believe it. The game, the season's too long at this point. But defensively, this is the get-right opportunity. Washington has the fourth-fewest points scored this season. There has been issues trying to find a rhythm with you know this kind of 
rotating door of quarterbacks they've gone through. You remember last year, Taylor Heineke wasn't supposed to be the starting right. quarterback. It was going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and Heineke ended up starting 15 out of 17 games, yeah. I believe it was. So, and actually, and he wasn't even supposed to be the backup. I think, jo- what was it, um, Kyle Allen was supposed to be the backup yeah. before he got hurt. So, a, a lot of different things go into orbit there. For me, it's this defense doing what it needs to do against this offense. Packers offense is going to be in for a rough day. It's going to be a tough assignment. Not saying they can't win it, not saying they can't score points, not saying they can't beat that defensive front. Washington only has a 17th ranked defense in the league. It's not like this is the number one ranked unit. But defensively, this thing for Green Bay, I think that's the thing that people haven't talked enough about. Yes, they're having issues right now taking away the football. Well, Washington's kind of had those issues too. They, they've been able to you know, play really good stretches in the first half. Second half has been a different, different situation. But you need to look at what Green Bay has done well at points this year. They've been good on third downs. They've been able to limit the passing game. And they aren't going up against a world-beater running back like they have the last few weeks. For the Packers' defense, I feel like this is the one where Joe Barry needs to sit his guys down, give them the game plan, and tell them, you guys need to have the confidence in yourselves right now that you can be the dominating unit that everyone believed you to be because this is the perfect dance partner to do that against. Yeah, I I think I, I would expect, even, even with the Packers coming off of these back-to-back losses, I would expect we're going to see a very confident Packers team on Sunday because here's the thing, as – as frustrating as these last two losses are, six quarters ago, this was a Packers team that was three and one with a ten point halftime lead in London. The whole the whole season doesn't just suddenly go up in smoke because of a rough game and a half, yeah. right? I mean, this this Packers team they they know they know what they know what they're capable of. They know they haven't lived up to it in the last game and a half, and this is you know and and maybe. I don't want to get into a whole discussion about, you know, the booing at Lambeau Field and everything like that. But maybe playing on the road isn't the worst thing in the world for this team right now as it tries to straighten itself out. Three straight road games is is no easy task. But maybe with what this team is going through, you get that us against the world mentality when you go on the road. Maybe that's maybe that's what this team needs. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike, because This Washington game next week against Buffalo is going to be, as road games go, that's going to be as difficult as Green Bay is going to see all season. Washington, there might be some friendlies. You know, a couple years ago when we were there, there were some friendlies in terms of how that that crowd balanced out. But at the same time, we got to understand where Washington is at right now. I don't want to call it a neutral site game. It's not that. It will be a road matchup for them. But this this is as good of an opportunity as any to get right with a road game. And, and I just feel like for the Packers' sake, they have to understand right now, okay, we technically had sort of a three-game homestand. Certainly that was a very favorable crowd for them in London. Now you get three straight weeks in a row where you're going to have the Commanders, Buffalo, who's riding high, and the Detroit Lions, whose fan base is energized. You hear about the sellouts that they've had there despite the fact that they've gone 1-4 and four to start this season. There is a lot of motivation here for Green Bay to find its way here before coming back home for those two games in five days. This is the stretch, Mike. This is the gauntlet. But that being said, you only can worry about the team in front of you. And right now, as it stands, they got Washington. You need to be able to beat that football team. Yeah, as much as, uh, as, much as the Packers fans, you want, you want to see the Packers get back on the right track. You want to put this two-game losing streak in the rearview mirror. But the bottom line is you can't. 
you can't have a two-game or a three-game winning streak this week. All you can do is win one game and try to get things going back in the right direction. That's the objective. Did you see that stat? Not to, and again, Packers got to win football games, no question about it. But did you see that stat about the Giants now, about how they've erased three 10-point deficits now in the second half? To win games this season. Wow, I mean, I saw that they did it again against Baltimore. Yeah, so they only, had done it. They had done it earlier yeah. in the year as well. I don't know which opponent, but five wins this season, and three of them they've come back in yeah. the second half from ten plus points behind to be able to to win it. Yeah, that's impressive. That, uh, that says something. There, there, there are teams that there are teams out there that uh, that show their grittiness, but it's also it's a really long season. You never know how things yep. are going to unfold over the course of four. Long months. Some sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, looking at the rest of Week 7, there's actually not a whole lot that interests me, quite frankly, but I say that because <laughs> three teams that we normally talk about quite a bit in this segment of the show, the Minnesota Vikings, who are on top of the NFC North at 5-1, and one, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the best record in football at 6-0, and oh, and the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, all three of those teams on a bye this week, not playing. Including From the, the Packers', Packers perspective. next opponent. Sorry, including the Packers' next opponent, Buffalo. Right, but and Buffalo is also on a bye. Yeah, Buffalo is also on a bye. So from the Packers' perspective, either you win this game and you get within one and a half of Minnesota, or you lose and you fall two and a half back. Right now, it's obviously a two-game deficit with the five and one, three and three records. Two games that I am looking at though with some interest. Detroit, you mentioned off to a one and four start. The Lions coming off their bye week, traveling to Dallas, and it sounds like Dallas might be getting Dak Prescott back at quarterback. Obviously, we know the Cowboys are coming to Lambeau Field in a few weeks, so that one will be interesting. And the other one I have my eye on is Kansas City at San Francisco. Kansas City coming off of a home loss to the Buffalo Bills, having to go on the road to the West Coast. And San Francisco, a team that, of course, reached the NFC Championship game a year ago, sitting at 3-3, three and three, just like the Packers, with a very, very tough matchup um, to try to avoid falling below 500 at 3-4 and four out there in the NFC West. Just any thoughts you have on those couple of games? This is what I was just saying about Washington. The Packers are 3-3. Three and three. I get it. Fans want to be 4-2, and 5-1, and 7-0 and oh, if they could, right? <laughs> Seven and zero in six games. San Francisco 49ers, three and three, onto their old starting quarterback that became their backup that almost got traded, but now is their starting quarterback again because the one of the future is out for the season. Going up against Kansas City, and you have to imagine Kansas City is going to be motivated for this game not only because of the, what it means going out on the road, but also coming off the loss against the Bills. That's a tough assignment, right? Yep. That's why again I point towards this game for Green Bay. The situation, the table could look a lot differently for them otherwise. The other matchup that I think is very interesting is Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears going to New England. Obviously, there's the implications there for the division, as there always are. But you want to talk about, Mike, how a 3-3 three and three record can really, depending on what the aftertaste is in your mouth, can make you feel one way or another about your football team. Packers are at 3-3 three and three after two losses to two teams that both are in the playoff hunts in their respective conference. New England was not looking so hot 
when they lost that game in Green Bay. A lot of questions about what was going to happen at quarterback after Brian Hoyer gets the concussion. Now, Bailey Zappi has a really nice performance. They, you know, against Cleveland, they are kind of feeling their wins turn a little bit. And now they're going up against a Chicago Bears team that has a lot of question marks. That's why these three and three records, again, we talked about it on Tuesday's show, but it can go so many different ways because it really just comes down to how your football team is playing and which direction you feel they're going. The record doesn't matter so much as the momentum. And, and that's in Green Bay's circumstance and a team like Pit, the Patriots' circumstances, that's where they want to be able to keep those things going. Yeah, it's or a week-to-week it it, week league, right? Absolutely. It, it, it always is, and, uh, and this week is certainly no different. Well, with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. We'll have everything for you from FedEx Field on Sunday on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.